Ready? Okay. Okay, good to see everyone. Good morning. Uh, now that um, marijuana, cannabis products are permitted in many states, including in New York and New Jersey, um, it, I believe behooves us to revisit this, uh, this issue of using marijuana in general. But uh, particularly, there's a new wrinkle, a new dimension, which is not a new technology, obviously, but it's become increased popularity. And that is um, consuming marijuana, not in the traditional way, which I guess we could call it, you know, in the, in, in the traditional way that it was consumed, which was by smoking. Uh, of course, edibles were, you know, available beforehand, but now that it's become commercialized, uh, edibles um, and smoking has become, a, you know, has a different, uh, different um, you know, there's a different attitude towards it in, in modern society. So edibles uh, seem to be uh, an easier path for cannabis and marijuana to be, uh, you know, to be consumed by a larger part of the population. So it uh, behooves us to revisit the issue, not only in terms of the fact that it's become, you know, greater popularity, but it has taken a somewhat of a newer focus in the area of, of edibles, which, of course, has not only, you know, whether the component of whether or not it's permitted uh, at all to engage in using marijuana, but now has a kashrus component to it as well, because any kind of an edible is going to require a hashgacha, a kosher supervision. Now, until now, the major kashrus organizations have not been certifying recreational marijuana. They've only been certifying um, 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 medicinal marijuana. And these two industries were different from one another, were kept separated because of legal restrictions. It remains to be seen whether or not that distinction is able to be preserved once recreational marijuana becomes more popular. Will there be any longer any need for a distinction between medicinal marijuana versus recreational marijuana? Will the products be different? Will the marketing be different? That, I think, still remains to be seen. But at least the conscious organization's line in the sand has been that medicinal products and, and edibles, they will certify if it's made for recreational use and you don't need a prescription to attain it. So then they would not, they have not been until now certifying it. They've only been certifying C, uh, CBD products, which uh, doesn't have any kind of psychoactive ingredient of the, the THC. So much so that they discovered that you can um, distill THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, you can, from the cannabis plant, you can distill that from even CBD products, what is known as Delta-8 THC as opposed to the classical Delta-9 THC, and the conscious organizations were on top of that and removed their hashgacha from those CBD products that have Delta-8 um, THC. So they're really on top of it to make sure that they're only certifying what is a medicinal product as opposed to a recreational kind of, uh, kind of um, um, edible. Um, but there are really two parts to the discussion. The first part of the discussion is, um, is it permitted um, to use cannabis products or marijuana products at all? Um, and even uh, if, it, if it is or it isn't, does it make sense to give a hashgacha? It's right over there. The sheet's over there. Yeah. Does it make sense to give a hashgacha, or should we be giving a hashgacha on the edibles that are, that are produced with the, uh, with these, with the psychoactive uh, THC? CBD, of course, it seemed to be a, too much of an issue. It's innocuous, and if, of course, if it's for medicinal purposes we're not discussing today, it's almost obvious why that needs to be certified. But for recreational use, should we be giving a hashgacha onto these products? So there's really two parts of the discussion. In terms of the first part, whether or not it's permitted to use marijuana and cannabis products or cannabis edibles, that goes all the way back to the chuva that was written by Ramosha in 1973, a landmark chuva about this issue, where he outlines um, six or seven... Uh, issues or problems with um, using marijuana. Now, there are those cynics who believe that if Ramesh had six or seven reasons, well, doesn't that itself indicate that none of them are all too compelling? Otherwise, why would he have needed six or seven? 
I say that is yeshiva learning gone awry. Um, no, it, it's true in the, uh, in the academy, that is true, when you're learning a Taisvis, and Taisvis has uh, four terutsim to the same kasha, that means, in yeshiva land, that none of the terutsim are all too compelling, and that's why Taisvis had to have four answers to the same question, because none of them really are a home-run answer to begin with. Um, however, that is not necessarily true here with regards to Ramesha's tshuva about marijuana. Ramesha brings six or seven reasons because it could be each one independently is proud, you know, is sufficient enough, uh, but it is so bad that, you know, it really does have six or seven reasons. As if we would, you know, have a discussion about gambling. Um, one could say gambling is prohibited because you're not engaged in a productive uh, parnasa, you know, activity or profession. One could say that it's a bad financial investment and therefore it's prohibited because the deck is stacked, literally the deck is stacked against you. One could say that it's an addictive uh, activity and will lead to a person's financial undoing. One could say that it's prohibited because it's going to destroy your shalom bias because you're taking all of your family's hard-earned money and using it for what is, uh, you know, otherwise unproductive activity. So I could list four reasons just off the top of my head why gambling Gambling should be prohibited, and each one independently might be sufficient to, uh, you know, to, to win the debate. I don't necessarily need all four, but they all exist. So the fact that Ramayusha brings six or seven reasons doesn't indicate that perhaps none of them are all too compelling, like it might be when Tysus is coming to answer Akash and Asugya. It could be that, no, each one, you know, it's really so bad that it touches on many, many different issues. But perhaps also, I think it does indicate something else, and that is it could be that this is, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily even need uh, Sif Katan somewhere in the Mishnah Brewer or Sif in Shulchan Aruch. This is against the entire ethos of what Yiddishkeit is here to accomplish and what we stand for. And that's why Ramesha brings six or seven reasons against it to indicate that this is against almost everything, you know, that, that, that we think is important, uh, you know, in life and our, our value system. So the fact that Ramesha brings six or seven reasons, I've heard people say, oh, that, that means none of them are, are too good. That's a guy who, who, who's abusing yeshiva uh, methodology. It is not meant to be applied here. I think Ramosha brings so many reasons because perhaps it goes against some of the foundational principles of Yiddishkeit, that third rail or the fifth chayuk of Shulchan Aruch, um, or perhaps it just, you know, happens to, to touch on many different areas. But the first reason that Ramosha brings over here is chadashu mekalku haguf. It is something that is destructive to the body. Rosh Hashanah has the same thing in the Madan Shlomo, that one is not permitted to use these, uh, these substances because it's dangerous for uh, the body. Now, it could be that Ramosha, again, was only addressing smoking, and smoking, of course, has other detrimental effects, which we're aware of. And maybe if that was the popular medium which was being consumed in 1973, so then it could be some of those are inherent to smoking, and Lav Dafka necessarily would translate to the uh, cannabis uh, edible uh, discussion. But it could be Ramosha was referring to the fact that there are um, uh, uh, trains of thought, and I think that this is still an area that needs to be studied now that it's legal, of course, it's going to have to be studied, you know, uh, at what age does it start use, and we're going to have to have uh, significant or, you know, serious studies about what are the long-term effects of cannabis use from, you know, from younger ages, at different concentrations, with different dosages, with different frequency, all of this needs to be studied, but there is a, um, a, 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 you know, a community of thought that there is uh, certain dangers involved in using cannabis on a prolonged period, and therefore, perhaps, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this, um, this issue that's raised by Ramesh wouldn't only apply to inhaling cannabis that's being smoked, but to consuming it in, a, in an edible form um, as well. I think we could add here that, um, and this, again, could be something that could be solved as uh, cannabis edibles become more popular, 
And that is that overconsumption and overdosing occurs much more with regards to edibles because it takes longer to, um, for the body to react to the edible, to make its way through the system. And a lot of times, if it was unregulated and unmarked and certainly homemade, it was hard to really know how much, you know, milligrams or however THC is measured, you know, how much is in the edible. Oh, so, uh, yeah, our edibles, exactly, yeah. And uh, so people don't necessarily realize, and of course, kids getting into edibles is much more shaykh than with regards to that which is inhaled. So that issue also figures into the fact that it's a destructive activity, if not, you know, necessarily in the traditional destructive sense, that it could be hurting this part of the body or that part of the body. It's the more dangerous side of, of using uh, of cannabis is uh, cannabis edibles. And one could even make the argument over here that not that it's better than smoking. It might actually be a little bit worse than smoking in that regard. But I do think that there is somewhat, you know, that we need to fill in the blanks and the studies still are being conducted as to, you know, the long-term effects of cannabis use and certainly cannabis edibles. But then Ramayusha brings up a second part of that. He writes, And even if he says you can find people who that won't harm their body, uh, it, it harms a person's uh, processing ability and he's not able to understand uh, situations um, properly. So it's, it could be, again, what Ramesha was referring to is that it harms people's brain cells, which was a uh, certain impression that many people had about cannabis use, whether that's accurate, I don't know, I'm sure it's still being studied, whether or not that affects a person in terms of long-term uh, cognitive uh, abilities. Uh, but if it does, maybe that's what Ramesha was referring to, is that this is also part of not you know, the lungs that might be affected with regards to smoking, but maybe a person's long-term cognitive abilities and will be part of that preserving one's health and uh, refraining from the dangerous activities. Huh? We'll get to that point. We'll get to that point. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, slow, slow. So that's definitely could be what Ramesha is talking about, but it could be Ramesha is addressing something a little bit more fundamental, which I've spoken about before, and that is that when a person is... Um, intoxicated when he is high on the marijuana, the cannabis, edibles, then he's not able... I mean, he's not talking about the long-term effects and a person's ability to uh, retain information or his cognitive processing abilities. What it's referring to is a person's uh, ability while he's engaging and using this, uh, this substance to process information. And that itself is something which is objectionable, because the Rambam writes at the beginning of the Varun of Uchem that uh, humanity or human beings were elevated above the animal kingdom and the fact that we were created in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean that we were created in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So the Rambam makes his uh, opening, his statement in the Varun of Uchem that it certainly doesn't refer to the fact that we have, you know, like, like we have a goof, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a goof, and our two bodies are similar in their construction. That's certainly not what it, what it, what it means. In fact, the Rambam feels a person is an apikairis if he believes in anthropomorphism and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has uh, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 human or, or, or physical similarities or attributes. Rather, it's referring to the fact that we have one thing in common with the Rebbein Shalalim, and what is that? What is the divine spark, according to the Rambam, is a person's intellect, his ability to process information, his seichel. It refers to a person's intellect. Uh, and therefore, the Rambam, it's not surprising, the Rambam writes in his Parashat commenting on the Mishnah there, anyone who who's not careful with the covenant of the Rebbein Shalalim, is a typo, Roy would be better had he never come into the world because he's undermining, he's corrupting the Telem Elohim. What is the Telem Elohim? Says the Rambam, He's not careful to preserve his intellect. Now, it could be it's a long-term effect of using cannabis. could even be while he's engaged and, you know, while he's high, his intellect, his processing ability is compromised. All of these things could be viewed 
as a forfeiting of the Tzalem Elohim. There's a similar comment that the, um, the brother of the Goyen has in the Sefer Malos Satara and the Pasuk, that a person has to be careful never to forget Maimon Ar Sinai and everything we learned at Maimon Ar Sinai. Right? The Mishnah says, If you forget anything from your learning, you are in violation of this Pasuk. However, the brother of the Goyen asks, as many others do, that forgetting is a human condition. There's not much we can do. We would love, we all would engage in memory aids and things like, we'd love to improve our memory. So if you forget, you, there's not much you can do about it. So why are you in violation of this Pasuk if you forget part of your learning? And he explains that, no, what it means is you're not allowed to engage in activities that cause you to forget your learning. And if a person, therefore, is going to compromise his intellectual you know, processing or cognitive abilities, either in the short term or in the long term, one could legitimately say, well, that's a violation of Raki Shram Lechashman Afshacham Yod, Pentishka Chasadvar Mashero Necha. Rav Shmuel Birnbaum, I'm always fascinated by this comment over here in the Sefer Bakari Shimon Parshas Nishpatim, claims that in fact this is included in the Easter of taking Shaychad, of taking a bribe, uh, because the prohibition of taking a bribe applies even to, even to a tzaddik, Veshaychad Loisikach, Kia Shaychad, Yavere Pechim, Visalev Tivrei Tzadikim. Says the Chazanish and the Munu be talking, even if a person is a complete Sadiq, he's entirely righteous and he hopes to do correct and issue a, you know, a, a legitimate verdict based on the facts that are presented. Nonetheless, he's going to be affected by the Shaykhat. Even if you're a Sadiq, you're affected by the Shaykhat. It changes your ability to assess the facts on the ground. And, of course, this is not referring to issuing a corrupt, you know, an illegitimate verdict or, uh, you know, a skewed verdict. That's loisata mishpat loisakir punim. You're not allowed to skew a verdict or to show favoritism in issuing a verdict. So what then is the prohibition of taking a bribe? If you're issuing the correct verdict and a person is otherwise a tzaddik, what's wrong with taking the bribe? So explains of Shmuel Ladina that what the prohibition of taking the bribe is, it just compromises your ability to process the facts and to assess the situation. We're not talking about having an evil said in a travesty of justice. It's because a person is compromising his ability to assess the situation. You're making yourself into a shaita is the prohibition of because the judgment is correct. And, you know, you're otherwise a tzaddik. The problem is you're simply not able to process the information. Who gave that to us? We could even, you know, underline that by saying, well, that's part of the tzaddik. And a person is undermining that by taking the shaykhad. So perhaps uh, what Ramayshi here is referring to is not a person compromising his cognitive abilities in the long term, even in the short term while he's using it. If he's high and he's simply not able to process information, will be compromising the tzaddik. So one is that it harms the body. The other is that that it harms the intellect, perhaps they are related, perhaps somewhat different points. Then Ramesha brings up a more of a practical concern over here. If you go back to Oisalif, I labeled it Bayes. This is the second reason that Ramesha brings is uh, While a person is high, he's unable to learn Torah and he's not able to daven. So this is actually related to Purim on a different note, right? A lot of times people want to daven Marav after the Purim Suda and the person, this is applies not only to, you know, substance uh, use of marijuana would apply to alcohol Alcohol as well. And it's based on the Gemara Mesechlis Erevin over here, Oizva, but the Gemara says, Amar Shmuel, Amar Behud, Amar Shmuel, Shasa Revius, Yaino Yaira. When a person drinks a Revius of wine, he's not allowed to issue a halachic ruling. We once had in Yeshiva, there was a bris in Wayu, there was a bris, and they were going around giving the Chaims. 
<laughs> so they went over to the Rebbeim. Uh, I was in a Rebbe at the time, but they went over to the Rebbeim to offer Lechaims. So Rebbe Shefta said, I can't take a Lechaim. I'm about to say Shir. And I'll show you some Revius. Yeah, and I'll hear So this is Revius. Revius is wine, but if it's uh, scotch or something else, just like by Kiddush, you could, some hold you can make Kiddush on a smaller cup. So Revius of wine, but it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to vodka, when it comes to scotch, probably a smaller Shir too. So, um, so, so he said, I can't take, uh, can't take a l'chaim. I'm about to go say shir. So he said, yeah, but the other Rebbe is also saying shir. <laughs> <laughs> he took a l'chaim. So Shabbat said, everything he says in shir, shaloy, I'll leave it to Hilchasa anyway. So <laughs> it's not a shay shavis, yeah, I know you're anyway. It's just fun and games. Okay, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, but the Gemara says over here, it's merely talking about giving, issuing haracha grueling. However, Taisus quotes, yeshvarm shekasev bahen, Alias Powell, Shas Ravius Yain, Alias Powell. If a person drank Ravius of wine, naturally do not issue halachic ruling, really, and not learn, because all of our learning should be halachic rulings. You know, in a certain sense, we will have to arrive at conclusions that are no gelomaisa. Um, but then uh, the Gemara continues. So Shas Ravius Yain, Al Yoro, Alias Powell. That's the gears of somebody showing him. And then the Gemara continues that if a person drinks so much, it sounds like you can, you know, you shouldn't daven, but the Gemara says if you did daven, your tefillah says tefillah, shasoel yispavim mispav tefillah says tefillah, shikra yispavim tefillah says tefillah says teeva. If a person is a shikra, if he's drunk, and then he davens, then his tefillah is a toeva, and it's not even yoytzi, the mitzvah of davening, we'd have to daven again. What is considered to be a shikr, says the Gemara, calls shikr, uh, calls sheyach l'dabu, if a person can say the words, and he can understand that he's in shul, and standing before Kaddish Baruch Hu, then his tefillah is considered to be a tefillah, calls sheyach l'dabu, if you cannot get out the words, you don't understand you're in shul, you don't understand you're davening, so then the tefillah is not even considered to be a tefillah. And this is the way we pass in the Shulchan Aruch, we pass like that other gear stuff, a person had a revius of wine, he's not supposed to daven. If he daven, though, his davening is considered to be a valid davening, or chachila shouldn't daven in that fashion. And if he's a shikr, then his tefillah is not even considered to be a tefillah at all. He would have to go back and daven again. What about us, though? How do we ever daven? A person has a revius of wine during uh, lunch, and then he's going to go daven mincha. A person's going to have... Uh, uh, so a person is going to have um, uh, 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 perm and then he's going to go daven marav. So the Ramah already says over here, Tut stadum l'kula. One stadum l'kula is on the third line of a zayn. Ein is harin, b'yeno shalonu. Our wines are not the same as their wines. Their wines are much stronger than our wines. I don't know if they had scotch. Our scotch is pretty strong. So, uh, but okay. So their wines weren't as strong, uh, were stronger than our wines, and therefore there was a greater concern. But then the Mishnah Brewer quotes from the Yam Shushleima that a different svar is that their kavana was different than our kavana, right? The kavana, the, the, we don't have kavana halavai. We should have kavana to understand we're davening and we're in shul and we're standing before the Rebbein Shalalim on a regular uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, a regular shacharis. Halavai, we should have that. So since we don't have that in general... They have to dilute it. It was definitely stronger. We, we, don't have, we could drink this without diluted. Was they talking about diluted or they're talking about uh, the concentrate? Right, Maybe it was already diluted. Maybe the Revius is a diluted. They never drank it right. undiluted. Yeah. So what, what he's saying is even diluted, their wine was stronger than our wine. Uh, okay. What type of terrorist is that? That anyway we don't land on the We should be mechaven. We should be mechaven. But to say don't daven the chachil in this fashion because we expect the bar to be here, the bar is never there anyway. So let's just recognize where we are. So, it isn't so different from where we are normally. I think that's what the recognition is. Yeah, there's a chil chil anyway, so... But there's no shir we shouldn't daven? Uh, so if a person is shikha, that he doesn't understand that he's in shul, he doesn't understand that he's davening, he doesn't, you know, can't get the words out. We've all been at marivs at Purim, that the, after Purim, that there are some people who shouldn't be there, those people should not be davening. But most people, let them daven later, and if they're an anus, they can't daven. <laughs> What's the toeva of showing up in an important meeting with, uh, with a dignitary and then throwing up in front of them? That's a toeva. Why well, I don't stand the why, like, well, the why is it not toeva? 
Better not to show up. Better not to show up at such a meeting. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a different question. It's not a, t- it's not a tfilah b'chlal. The mafarshim discuss him. Why toyeva? Toyeva is a different word. has different connotations. Yeah, you know, something else. Toyeva comes up in a lot of different contexts, so we'd have to figure out. Right, right. Right. Anyway, so the Mishnah Brewer, there's two Tzad Makua. One is that our wine isn't the same as their wine. The other is that our Kavana wasn't the same as their Kavana, so the bar isn't necessarily as high. Um, the Mishnah Brewer, though, does bring up again in the name of the Yam Shoshleimah that a lot of times if a person drinks wine, which is the way it's usually consumed on Purim, it should be in the middle of a Suda. A person has the middle of Suda shops, it's eaten together with food, so then the wine doesn't have the same effect that it might have if you drank wine outside of the context of a Suda. And if a person waits for the effects of the wine to pass, then it says in Shulchan Aruch, then a person can daven. So the wine of Purim, a person drinks in the middle of Suda, a lot of times it can pass uh, quite quickly, and then you don't necessarily have the same kind of a concern, and a lot of times that's what occurs on the Shabbos and Yontif, um, and that's why the Mishra Brewer claims the Shabbos and Yontif might be a little bit different, because it's consumed in the middle of a big uh, a big meal, the meals are long, a lot of times the effects of the wine can wear off, we wouldn't necessarily apply a Shreysi Revis Yain Al Yuspalo. But if a person is high... Um, you know, then he's drunk. So the same way a person who's drunk, not that he had a revius of wine, a person is drunk, shouldn't be davening. So so too, a person is high, he's not able to daven, he's not, certainly not able to process his learning properly. And therefore, by engaging in this activity of uh, using these substances, as Ramayusha, he's removing himself from the discussion of tefillah and Tamil Torah, which of course is just the opposite of what our priorities are. We want to invest more in these activities, not less in Torah and tefillah. And therefore, that's another reason why uh, more of a practical concern that Ramayusha feels, you know, applies here. Yeah? We can't do you cannot do We're not talking about talking now. What about a sleeping pill? Yeah. Shouldn't be taking what, recreational sleeping pills. Agreed. Not prescribed. I don't think marijuana is limited. I hope it's not any substance that has the same effect. Yeah. Recreationally, right? Yeah, if you just can't sleep at night. That's not recreational. That's what it's designed for. That's your time for sleeping. You need that sleep in order to function during the day, and you're unable to generate that on your own. That's what medicine, that's for medicine, right? That's exactly what, that's not recreational. But we'll get to over here, Ois Gimel, back in Ois Aleph, and uh, the truth for Maisha Maisha brings up another issue, and that is that it's Gairi Mataiva Gedoyla, that it creates a certain kind of addiction um, to using it. Once a person uses it, and I know that this is a hotly debated issue within the cannabis community, is it addictive, is it not addictive, is it a gateway drug that could lead to greater addictions, but Ramesha puts it together in that larger category, one could perhaps peel the onion a little bit on that and, and you know, argue on different pieces of that conversation. It creates a great appetite for potato chips? I don't think so. No, no, no. It causes a person to have more of a heightened uh, wanting for food, for other things. I think it's along the same lines as the Gemara M'sachim, and this is probably where it's coming from, and many attribute it, the statement for Ramayish over here, to this Gemara M'sachim, Kufi Gimel Meralf, Amalei Rav Lechia Berei, Loi Tishti Sami, don't drink medications. Says Rashi, why not? Lo Sima Lishtoi Sami, they should tikva lohen veses. Vesas means you'll need to do it with regularity. You're going to become addicted to it. You're going to have to pursue it, and you're going to have to spend a lot of money in order to obtain it. And, of course, it could lead to a person's undoing and his ruin. Lishna Achrina says, Because of the negative side effects that it might have. 
which is almost, you know, this is prophetic, the statement of Rashi over here in terms of taking medications and abusing substances is because it will lead to a person needing it, and ultimately a person will end up, uh, you know, undo, un- to his demise, you know, his undoing, and because of the negative and harmful side effects that might be attributed to it. But the fact that Ramesha links it with the Ben Sarah and the Myra, uh, Ben Sarah Myra, Ben Sarah Myra, of course, is Nerag al Shem He drank wine, he ate meat, it's not necessarily anything that he did per se right now that he violated so severe, it's because of where the path will take him in the end. We're already, you know, can envision that, and we see that he's on a path that's, uh, you know, that's a, 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 he's already reached a point of no return, and therefore, Yamo Zakhaev, Yamo Zakhaev, so we kill him now, rather than letting him get to the point where he's totally, uh, you know, destroyed his, uh, destroyed his life, we, you know, nip it in the bud. So from the very fact that Ramosha puts it in the context of Ben Sayyar which is something that's Nerag al Shem Sayyar, meaning we can already envision where this path is going to lead you, seems like it's along that path of the, you know, it's the addictive activity, it's going to lead to a destructive cycle, in the future, and uh, and of course, that's something that one should again refrain from. Probably part of Vinishmartim lo Eidlan Afshar Seichem. I don't think there's a separate prohibition, but it's again more of a practical concern. But there, Ramayisha brings up over here in Ois Dalid an overarching concern, and that's of course Kedoshim Tiyu, that a person should be one who leads a holy life. The Ramban writes at the beginning of Parshas Kedoshim over here, Ois Tes, specifically with regards to wine, that a person who abuses basaviyah, and you abuse wine for what it's not meant to be used for, is a violation of Kedoshim Tiyu, and therefore writes of Yaakov Ariel, who's a well-known poesik in Eretz Yisrael, over here, Ois Yud, Kedoshim Tiyu, says that he thinks that that's why it's prohibited to abuse substances today, um, because it's exactly what the Ramban said, just like a person who abuses alcohol is in violation of Kedoshim Tiyu, so to a person who abuses other substances, salmon or marijuana, would also be in violation of Kedoshim Tiyu. So Ramosha outlined over here um, four, five, six uh, prohibitions that might be involved, to preserve the Tzadam to enable a person to engage in learning and davening, perhaps Kedoshim Tiyu. And again, I think each one of these could have independently been sufficient you know, uh, answer to the question. Ramesha just brings them, so many of them, perhaps because it touches on so many different issues, or perhaps it's to teach us that this goes you know, against so much of what we stand for, and that's how Ramesha brings all of these issues that are involved. The question that you know, needs to be raised is, well, how is this different than alcohol? Alcohol has almost all of these same pitfalls, and yet, uh, we, of course, alcohol does have a place within our world, and Yiddishkeit, and certainly Hashkachis, there are many Hashkachis that are given, of course, on, on alcohol. So why is this different than alcohol? So, um, you know, I would say, the, 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 the cynic would say, well, it's just because it hasn't been legal, and this is all politics and posturing. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that there are, I think there is some legitimacy to that. It's been taboo, for, for sure. But I think there are two other um, important features and distinctions. The first is that uh, alcohol and, or, or wine is a, uh, primarily a food. Um, I, if I had to give a muscle to it, I would give a muscle to Hilchah uh, Shabbos, where we have the concept of Michael Briam. One is not allowed to take medication on Shabbos unless you come to grind Samamanim to produce medications. It is permitted if a person is sick, can't function normally, can't sleep, then you can take medication. Um, in order to be able to function normally, but strictly speaking, on Shabbos, you're not supposed to be taking medication unless a person is sick, meaning he's not able to do what he normally is accustomed to doing. He's not full of mishkov. In effect, you know, ki'ilu is if he's lying in bed because he's not able to get up and walk around or do the things that he's accustomed to doing. Fine, then he's prohibited, uh, permitted to take medication, but otherwise it's prohibited. However, let's say there would be medicinal properties to a naturally occurring food. Chicken soup. person is sick. He eats chicken soup because it soothes his body, his throat, whatever. Um, so, if, you know, a person would achieve that same result through taking a medication, it would be prohibited because of taking medications on Shabbos. What if it comes in the form of chicken soup? There are a lot of people who eat chicken soup not because they're sick. This person happens to be doing it because he's sick. That's what's known as Michael Briam. 
Maichobriya, meaning healthy people are doing it as well, then it is, um, then it is uh, permitted. So if something is, 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 is you know, has uh, its uh, um, you know, primary uh, location within, you know, food, so I think one can make the argument that that's very different than if you would have something that doesn't naturally occur, you know, as a, uh, as a uh, food. For that same reason, let's say, which is the cannabis uh, edibles, you know, I, I think doesn't naturally occur as a food. It can be made into a food, but I don't think it's a naturally occurring food that we could be considered as mycobrium. The only reason you would consume it is for the psychoactive effects that it has. And therefore, I don't think it's the same status as wine why, or alcohol that is considered to be a food. Scotch is a food. It's a food. Every time you drink scotch, you don't get high. And, well, well, one second. We'll get to your point in a second. But, 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 so Shomu Zalman held, well, if you um, 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 dissolve it in the yogurt before Shabbos, well, then that's permitted to take on Shabbos because that's not considered to be a medication. Now it's microbiome. Or Moshe disagreed and he said, no, that's laced yogurt. That's not naturally part of the yogurt. That's something you put into the yogurt, and that's also part of the prohibition of taking medication on Shabbos. So I think cannabis edibles are laced brownies, which is exactly what they are, or laced gummies. Scotch is laced water. It's a, it's a fermentation process, but it's laced water. No, it's from barley. It's ferment, yeah. But there's water. Right. The liquid is water. Where does the liquid come from? It's all water. Why is CBD different? Why is CBD has a psychoactive effect? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's different. I don't think so. No, if it has the THC aspect. It's psychoactive, but it's for sure taken for its medical purpose, not as a food. So whether it's psychoactive or not, if the argument is more medicinal than food-like, okay, but CBD has the same properties. CB. The same, the same attribute. Not if it has a psycho. If it has a psychoactive ingredient, whether I would agree with you. Whether it's technically psychoactive or not, it's taken for its medicinal qualities. It's, it's not taken for its food aspect. I don't understand. You can get high on CBD? No. no. So then why are you asking that? Because, yeah. because, it, because it's taken for its effect on your body and not as a food. That's medication. That's yeah. wonderful. That's great. Tylenol is also. Yeah, yeah, so is Advil. What, what I'm suggesting but that's prohibited on Chavez. So what I'm saying is there is a category called microbrium, meaning something that is a naturally occurring substance that has similar effects. But if it comes in a food substance, it's treated entirely different in the eyes of Allah than something that is laced, than something that is not created as a food item. Now, I don't know if scotch was created initially for its psychoactive component or was created as a food, which then has this as something that occurs as a result. But I see something different as a food than something that's laced food that I put uh, medication into it to kind of be a, 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 a Trojan horse for, or, you know, a carrier of, of, the, of the psychoactive, uh, you know, ingredients of the, of, the, of the cannabis. I think those two things are entirely... Uh, are entirely different categories. And I think there is some legitimacy to it. Maybe it needs to be outlined a little. We need to hammer out exactly, you know, the, to, to articulate it properly. But it, to me, it seems that there's a difference between something that's a naturally occurring food versus something and was created as a food um, versus something which is uh, produced as... It's form state, right? You can't just eat it. Correct. You get high. You need to have So it. I see that as a, medi- as a medicine, like other medicines. Right. Right. Is a food. It's a food already before. Correct. So that's a, that's oh, it's, it's a food in its meaning it's, it's water and water barley. Water. Okay. Yeah. To, to me, it seems that there's a difference between a food versus taking something is fundamentally a medication and putting it into and putting it into a food. But then I think. But then I, I think. But then I think. I think there's another important 
Um, two other very important points. The other important point is that wine and even um, you know uh, 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 schnapps to a certain degree have a mitzvah role as well. So I, I would like to create a different category, not called Michael Briam, which we're accustomed to in Hilchos Shabbos. By the way, for that reason, it seems to me, and I, the, 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 this, the, the, there's going to have to be a whole cottage industry of psak with regards to many of these issues. But it seems to me recreational drug use, even if one would say overlook all of these activities, you know, prohibitions that apply during the week, seems to me on Shabbos would be a problem, no different than using medications recreationally on Shabbos. That it's a problem of, uh, of taking medication. Mr. Brewer quotes the name of the Magan Avram that to take a medication, even if it's not to treat an ailment, but it's lechaze gufo, it strengthens the body and produces a perceptible change in the body. Um, to me, I think, you know, vitamins also would be prohibited on Shabbos, but uh, other parties can debate vitamins might just be food supplements, but anything that is more of a medication type, uh, you know, item, a sleeping pill, a caffeine pill, if it's used recreationally, um, so then, not because a person can't sleep, I think would be a problem on Shabbos and recreational cannabis use or even edible use. Um, I, I'm not might probably might might that is probably the same as as laced yogurt, which would probably be problematic on Shabbos as well. So alcohol is mycobrium is a food. So are foods. Foods is permitted on Shabbos. Mycobrium is that that's the difference between chicken soup which is permitted as opposed to Tylenol, which is not. Since this is primarily a, a drug, right? Not necessarily in the, with, the, with the negative connotations, but it's a drug, not a food. You can inject it, you can uh, you know, put it into food, but it's not naturally occurring in the food. To me, that's different than something that is Michael that is produced as a food. But then I think that there's another important distinction, and that, and that is that there's called Michael Mitzvah. See, uh, we, we need these items for different periods of time to use for a mitzvah. Um, and since it is permitted in the context of a mitzvah, therefore, right, you use wine for Kiddush, you use wine, uh, you know, for Havdalah. And we, in fact, we have a very strange relationship with wine, right? There's a lot of harmful descriptions that we have with wine. Wine is the, uh, was, was the, uh, was the, you know, according to many opinions, wine, the Eitzadas, was a Geffenheisa, was a, uh, a vineyard. Other opinions hold it was a Chita. That's why we made Kiddush. We've talked about it before. That's why we made Kiddush on wine. And on bread at the beginning of Shabbos. We made for the Eitzadas. So according to many, was a Geffen. Noach sinned with regards to, you know, planting a vineyard and drinking. And the Parshas Vayera, the daughters of Light, have relations with their father when he's, you know, Shikr B'Shikrusa Shalait, right? He passes out. We touch Shikrusa. We have another Navi who entered into the base of Migdash while they were Shusuya Yain. So there's many, hard, you know, negative connotations that we have that go together with, with drinking wine. At the same time, we do have it, uh, you know, in the context of almost every mitzvah. We have wine together with Kiddush. We have wine together with Havdel. And it seems to be that we have this love-hate relationship together with wine. And I believe that the answer is that it's because there are these two dimensions uh, to one. If you look over here in the Oye of Yisrael, the Aptarov says over here, Oye Zayin, Ki Bechinos Yayin. There's Nicholas Yayin Yatsasoid, when a person drinks wine, so then, you know, his, uh, his inner soul comes out. But it also matters in the context in which you're drinking the wine, what you're doing with the wine when you open up your soul. And the Reptile compares it to a person who's listening to music or a person who's engaged in, in, in humor. A lot of times you're supposed to begin a shear with humor. It's nice to begin a shear, the Gemara says, b'mili At the same time, if you use a mili b'dikhusa for the wrong thing, you're opening up your soul, or music for the wrong uh, reasons, you're opening up your soul and injecting instead of light, you're injecting darkness. And the same is true with regards to wine, is that it opens up, perhaps a person's a little bit, you know, his, uh, his, his cognitive abilities, a person you know, is relieved of some of the inhibitions that he might have, 
But then everything depends on the context. So it says over here in the Oyev Yisrael, Ki yesh shnei bechinois yayin, Ech mitzad ha-kedush ha-nikra kois yeshuois, V'umag b'chasadam Yisrael, V'yesh mitzad ha-klipa, Ha-nikra kois ha-tarela. And then there is, you know, the other side of it, which is a person who's using it as a, as a curse. So since it has, though, this potential to be used for a mitzvah, it's treated very differently because a lot of times, and I think that this is the appropriate context in which it should be used, is in the context of a mitzvah. Um, you know, and then, it's, a, you know, it's an entirely different thing. So since wine and even uh, schnapps can be used for a mitzvah, and that's the context in which they traditionally were used and should be used, through the Shabbos, uh, you know, a Sudas mitzvah, lechaim on a, on a shidduch, or a bar mitzvah, or a tikkun, or some other occasion. Since it's used in the context of kedusha, yes, it does have that you know that impact, which is similar to those other substances, but it's used in a different context, in an entirely different um, um, you know, environment in which it appears, and the context, and therefore it, you know could be treated entirely differently as opposed to the other substances such as marijuana, which has no practical use in that way, yeah, and therefore is, uh, yeah, and therefore. Um, you know, doesn't have it's, uh, it doesn't have that status of Michael Mitzvah. So to me, there are two distinctions uh, here between wine and um, uh, cannabis uh, edibles. One is that one is fundamentally a food. Michael Brim, I think, is treated differently than something which is fundamentally a drug that is injected into food or smoked. And the other is that this is used for a mitzvah as opposed to this, you know, and therefore, and that's really the concept which it should be used. This is never used for mitzvah, you know, and it shouldn't be used, uh, and therefore it is treated entirely differently. In fact, the, the um, Ben Yishchai over here in the Ben Yoyoda writes over here, he says that that's exactly the story of Purim. It's really about the negative and yet positive side that we have to wine. The story opens with the Suda of which is the Suda around wine. Because Haman attempted to use wine to bring down the Jewish people. Later on, though, the Yeshua of Purim happens in the context of wine, which is why we drink wine on Purim in the context of the Suda, is in order to use it to remember that all of the Nisim of Purim occurred together with wine. So it says the Ben Yoyoda, where Purim revolves around these two poles, these two sides to wine, and that's the challenge of Purim to make sure that we're not using it. You know, Adlo Yoda, he says, you know, is to come to teach us, don't use wine the way it was used for at the beginning of the Megillah, you know, the Sudas of Achashverosh to forget about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should use it to enhance our relationship with the Rebani Shalalem, to open up our hearts and our minds, to inject Kedusha into it. And that's the challenge of drinking on Purim, is to make sure you navigate between those two poles. And that's what we mean. Make sure that you don't end up in the Arahaman, make sure that you use the wine for which it was meant to be used for in Baruch Mordechai. And maybe this all revolves around the Eitz Hadas, if the original sin was together with wine, and that's Hahaman uh, is somehow a reincarnation of the Nachash. It's not surprising at the beginning of the, the downfall of the Jewish people, at the beginning of the Megillah, revolves around wine, and yet the Yeshua itself also revolves around wine at the end because we rehabilitated this, uh, this uh, property of wine. So I think, you know, um, I think that there are these two fundamental distinctions, but it all should also be said that abusing wine, and I think that was obvious at this point, abusing wine is just as wrong as abusing other substances and cannabis edibles uh, too. If you look back, the Rambam writes in Hilchas Deus, Perkei Allah Gimel, back Oisir Aleph, the Rambam says a person who gets drunk, of course, it's a terrible thing. And the Rambam writes if a person gets drunk on Yantav and loses control, that's not Simchas Yantav, that's Hailulus uh, Vesichus. And that's just as objectionable as a person who abuses other substances, including cannabis edibles, uh, cannabis edibles as well. And there are many, of course, we're not going to rehash the whole discussion about drinking on Purim. Many, of course, who on Purim as well feel that it should not be abused. A person to make sure he never gets to that point where he's even on Purim, that doesn't really have a place in our philosophy. So, of course, getting drunk 
is the same, I agree, with a person who abuses, uh, you know, uh, other substances as well. But in moderation, one could argue, right, just like you can drink in moderation, you could probably use cannabis products in moderation, particularly now as it becomes more regulated, more commercialized. Um, but even there, I think one could draw a distinction between that one is, you know, fundamentally a food and one has, you know, uses in the context of a mitzvah as opposed to the other, uh, which does not. I think there is a lane to say, well... Um, uh, it could be used um, in moderation for, to enhance health, not only for a person who's suffering from some intractable pain or a person who's suffering from a severe disease, but even to improve functioning, you know, to help a person relax at the end of a long day. Hopefully he'd find better outlets, but if this is the outlet that they use, I think that perhaps one could, uh, and maybe we'll see as time uh, proceeds, whether or not our attitudes towards it change, but maybe that could also be included in, I think if there is an area here to explore, it's within broadening the definition of what's called medicinal use, and that it could be to, uh, to, to help uh, being more productive and more relaxed and more calm to engage in life and be as, you know, as, as, as productive as we can be. There, there is room to explore, but generally speaking, bigado, it's not something we would approve of. But then the question becomes, if it is prohibited or it is, uh, you know, uh, 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 distasteful, what should we be giving a hashgach on these kinds of things? So the Gemara says over here in Bava Kama, Samach Tesimit Aleph, that um, uh, they used to label in the fields during Shvius, everyone would come to take the produce that was in the fields, so they, uh, some of the produce was karam revai. Some of the produce was uh, arla, meaning the first three years of the fruit tree, you're not allowed to eat from the fruit of the tree. The first four years of a vineyard, you're not allowed to eat uh, from the fruit of the vineyard. So how would you know when you came into a field during Shvius, what was karam revai, what was arla? So they used to label it in order to prevent people from being nishal, be'isar, when they would come in to take the hefka fruits that were in the fields during Shvius. What about the rest of the year? Did they label the fruits, what was arla and what was karam revai? Why should they have to do that? Maybe someone will come and steal from me. And they're going to steal the Arla. So should I be afraid? I know what's Arla. I own the field. But a guy might steal from me. Should I do this for the benefit of the Ganov? Label what's Arla, what's Karim Revai. So he's not Nishal and Arla and Karim Revai. So the Gemara says, no, you don't have to do that. The opinion of Hashem and Gamliel. Some tzaddikim did that. You know, okay, fine. That's not the expectation of most. You don't have to do that. We say, We say, let him fill himself up on those foods and find his own demise. You stole from me? then you're going to eat all the two. That's your problem. So based on this principle, that we don't, um, we don't uh, you know, violate a small Easter. I mean, we don't have to go out of our way. Once a person is doing something we don't approve of, we don't have to necessarily take precautions to make sure that you're doing so in the most kosher way. Because if you're already not listening to what, you know, what, what, you know, what, what is the proper halacha, we say, okay, so not how we tell Rosh Hashanah, we don't wish that on anyone, but it's not our obligation to take um, steps to see to it that, well, if you're doing something that's inadvisable, well, let's at least give you a hashkacha so you're not violating machos asuras along the way. So it happens to be most of the edibles that are available today do not have a national kosher supervision. I'm not here to throw dirt at anyone you know, who, who does, uh, you know, the, the, the people who do do it, but the national organizations don't do it because they disapprove of the practice and therefore they feel that hashkacha shouldn't be given either. I, even though some people are going to consume these edibles on the line, you know, e- even so, it's not our obligation to put ourselves on the line and to certify a product that we feel is uh, distasteful. They, they compare it over here, the Akedah Yitzchak, that's what Yitzchak Armov from the period of the Rishonim over here, Oyschav discusses there was a certain community where the boys were being nichshaw with, uh, with Eishasish. So maybe we should hire Nachrim, we should hire uh, you know, uh, Nachriyos, so that the boys don't have to be nichshaw with an Eishasish. Should we do that? Or a similar tshuva that the Rivash has about an Isha Psula, a woman uh, who's not, an Isha Pnuya, a woman who's not married. And they're engaging in uh, you know, uh, premarital relations. 
should we allow her to go to the mikvah? Neither applies, even if she's not married, should we allow her to go to the mikvah um, in order to, she shouldn't violate the Easter curries of uh, relations with Anita. It would be Panoi Balapriya, which is also wrong, but better than violating the Easter curries. And the Rivash says, no, you can't do that. The Chavis is a similar tshuva, because if a person has a private indiscretion, that's your indiscretion. The minute you put a hechsher on it, so A, you're, now it's a chait of the tzibor, because by putting a hechsher on, it's going to say, well, they approve of it. So not only be nixal certain people who wouldn't have done it otherwise, but now that has a shuk on it, they're going to do it. Um, but you're, 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 you're kind of making it, you're transforming what was a chathas yachid, was an indiscretion of an individual into an indiscretion uh, of the tzibor. So that's so why, that's even though... though I mean, that's the compare, I know what you're trying to say here, but to compare something like that, where you might cause a tzibor to be over uh, some isru de raisa. here it's not really an isru de raisa to, to do the marijuana. I mean, it's like... But if it is something that, that, that we feel is wrong, and many Paiskim do feel it's wrong in most contexts, so then by giving a hashgacha to it, A, you're transforming... You're not putting a kasha that said, okay, marijuana is okay. You're putting a kasha, you know what, this is a Hershey bar, it has marijuana in it, but it's still a Hershey bar, it's kosher. You're an adult, do what you want. Yes, yeah, so, but we don't say that. We, that we, have, we do have a halachic stand on it, and since we do have a halachic stand on it, to put a hechsher on it transforms what was a, a, you know, a private decision into a seaboard decision, and encourages people who might not necessarily have been you know, interested in engaging it to engage in. So that's why the conscious organizations, by and large, have uh, not embraced giving a hashgacha to the edibles. I question those individuals who do, despite the fact that the large community of Paiskim have not, um, and I think a lot of people who are consuming it are doing so without a hashgacha, which is a, you know is a is a really sad uh, sad uh, sad sad footnote. But be that as it may, I think let's just conclude with one final note: is that the drinking on Purim is supposed to be done wine beside chasuda to reenact the miracles that took place of the suda around the nace of Purim, which was wine in the midst of a suda. And Rashi writes it's specifically wine. Not scotch, not, uh, not vodka, and certainly not other cannabis edibles or other substances. You do not fulfill chayv inish of sumi with these other substances. So let's focus on the mitzvah of Purim, which is drinking wine. And Amir Hashem, we should be zech, the sivan, a to see the Yeshua Hashem. Yeah.